Hello and welcome to our podcast series on the transformation of energy and utilities companies to better serve their customers in the digital age. My name is Vito Labate and today we're going to continue our series on trends that are transforming the energy and utilities industry. In the first trends episode, we looked at how utilities will move away from traditional procurement business models to create partner ecosystems and we did touch on battery technologies too. Today we're going to continue on the topic of batteries but specifically how they will become central to grid modernization and distributed energy resource management systems, or DERMs as they're known. To talk about this, I'm very pleased to welcome Joe Fisher, who's the CEO of Lithium Works, LF Coure, who is the principal, uh, a principal here at Capgemini, and Perry Stoneman, who is the head of our global energy utilities and chemicals sector at Capgemini as well. Welcome to everyone. To start, Perry, let me ask you an obvious question. Uh, what role are batteries playing in grid modernization and distributed energy resource management system? Thank you, Vito. Um, well, there's a couple things that they're going to be required to, to help with. But the number one is starting to balance the ever-increasing intermittent renewable energy. Uh, that energy is going to create, create havoc on the grids, as we did see uh, over a year ago on South Australia Power Networks. And batteries uh, will... Uh, be able to balance that intermittent nature of, of renewables. In fact, uh, the South Australia Power Network implementation um, it was so effective, the ROI is one and a half years, according to, to Chris Ford, the CIO down there, and I had a chance to talk to him in a recent visit. But also, I think the other thing about batteries is their cost and the gigafactories are bringing the cost down so much that it is becoming an affordable peaking plant. So with the cost coming down further, batteries will be relied on more and more, not to just capture intermittent renewable energy, but to uh, help with peaking situations. Thanks, Perry. Elif, uh, I'd be curious to hear from you specifically now and, and your take on what, I guess, the impact this will have on utility design and engineering, if you could, please. Yes, thanks, Vito. I think um, Perry mentioned the peak uh, design thing, which is very important. If you introduce uh, batteries in at least in Europe, where the grid is very costly to build out, it will be less capex, which is very important. But also, if you take it to the next level, introduce smart energy systems, uh, introduce IoT and sensors and everything, and you can also think the next level of actually moving assets inside the grid. It will be create a lot of opportunities for businesses. I think also uh, the from Capgemini side that the data play and and tech stuff is very interesting. So it's very interesting to see how Lithium Works is positioning themselves in these areas. We've been working with them for for a year now, and it's a it's a, it's a fun ride. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. I mean, there's no doubt that there's been a lot of advances in battery technology and. Um, with Lithium Works being one of the leaders in this space, Joe, maybe I'll turn to you to ask, you know, while it seems that the market ch changing breakthroughs may still be uh, several years off, what's what's on the horizon in the near term? And more importantly, why why now? It seems that we are witnessing a tipping point. But can you confirm? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, with the um, several developments are actually going on within the lithium battery space. And while well, you mentioned batteries, I'm more specifically focused on lithium rechargeables. And I'd just like to point out to the audience that not all lithium batteries are the same. Uh, within a battery, there's uh, two electrodes. Uh, one's called an anode, the other's the cathode, basically a positive and negative. But the cathode material generally determines the, the type of technology and the, the different key characteristics and parameters of a lithium battery. So, uh, with that, there's been quite a few different 
improvements and uh, developments in the performance of the cathode materials. And it's, but it's important to know that electrochemically, uh, if you focus too much on one, uh, one criteria, it affects the other one, just the laws of electrochemistry. And so the two of these key parameters are energy and power. Think of energy as being the runtime and power is how fast you can charge it and discharge it. So uh, another parameter that, that is a given is, is safety. So between energy, power, and safety, all these improvements within lithium batteries are really helping to force this tipping point. And as um, Perry mentioned earlier, there's also the, uh, the rapid expansion of gigafactories. And with these gigafactories, you get much more scale, you get better utilization, there's new equipment for automation, uh, all this which reduces um, total product cost. The other thing that's uh, in, impacting uh, this tipping point is that there's been quite a, a bit of advancement and growth, particularly in electric vehicles. So there's been a lot, lot more capacity expansion of raw materials. And just like with the gigafactories where cell costs and module costs come down, as you get more raw materials done in a better uh, process, more efficient, less scrap, and uh, more demand or more supply, uh, the, the prices of raw materials coming down. So between the uh, raw materials cost reduction as well as the gigafactories, this is really leading the lithium battery cost competitiveness to be able to uh, create adoption. Enormously helpful, Joe. Very, very good description. Thank you for that. I guess one thing that you made me think of is there, there's other terms that we're hearing in the marketplace right now. For example, we've heard a lot of discussion around second life battery use. For the benefit maybe of our listeners, can you define what uh, second life battery use is and, and how do you think it's influencing the marketplace right now and, and how will it in the future? Sure. Uh, if you just think of recycling, there's a, a sort of a basic premise of uh, the recycling initiative globally, and it's called the three R's. In the three R's, there's reduce, reuse, and recycle. Uh, we at Lithium Works kind of like to add another fourth uh, fourth one is repurpose. So if you think of second life batteries, the best way to describe it is uh, the largest uh, vertical within lithium batteries is electric cars, electric vehicles. And typically these batteries and electric vehicles will last seven, eight, maybe 10 years if they're fortunate. And at the end of that time, then the range is not sufficient enough. So people will be requiring to go to another battery. But because there's still 70 to 80% of active life left in those batteries, it's creating the opportunity for what's called in the industry, uh, second life batteries. Or, and this is where the repurposing come in. So just think of it, uh, if you go back in time when, you, when laptop computers first came out, used to be able to, or to, be able to fly cross country or internationally and, and your laptop would work most of the way. But the, the more that your uh, laptop was used and it got older, it didn't last as long. And so that's called capacity fade. And in the same way, in the case of electric vehicle batteries, uh, there is a fade of, of actual capacity within that battery. So there's uh, the second life uh, opportunity in market. We feel it's, it's a great opportunity for all lithium battery companies. And it really fits into the overall recycling plan because what you're actually doing is reducing the amount of batteries required, giving your repurposing 
and then it causes less recycling, but it still gives you the opportunity at the end to do the three R's as well as that fourth R. So uh, this, this market is just really starting to take off. I've read surveys that by 2025, it could be as much as 10% of the actual rechargeable battery market. And so that really uh, means that there's uh, the opportunity for OEMs and for everybody to uh, reduce the amount of waste, uh, also take advantage of the active uh, power that's left in these batteries. So uh, we're, we at Lithium Works are actually really starting initiatives on how to recollect and repurpose these. And I think over the next year or two, you're, this is a just like the adoption of lithium batteries and derms, you're going to see the same thing in second life batteries. That's really helpful, Joe. Thank you. And, you know, before we leave the marketplace discussion for a second, I mean, Aleph, do you have any perspectives on how you see the marketplace being affected in the future, in addition to what Joe has shared so far? Yeah, yeah. Thank, um, if we build on, on uh, Joe's uh, good description, if you, if you think of the cost of an EV today, it's probably approximately 50% is the battery. What happens in the marketplace is someone is willing to pay 40% to get the battery back after seven years. That will change a lot and the, and the second life battery market will more or less create itself because the batteries are usable, has approximately 80% of the capacity left. And it's, then you have a solid opportunity for, for instance, for the grid storage or utility owners to use those batteries since they have no restrictions in footprints for their uh, assets or solutions. So I think uh, if you can, get to the place where you know the quality of the battery which is uh, stopped being used uh, and have some rules and regulations for for quality measurements then you have a uh, the second life or the second market for batteries will establish itself because it's going to be quite big we all encounter batteries in our daily life but i guess where i'm curious now is uh joe maybe a question for you lithium works you've outlined some key areas where you see batteries being applied in the market. Maybe could you spend a moment identifying what those areas are and what you see happening in each area? Okay, sure. Uh, one area that we really see a great opportunity and uh, grateful utility is in portable backup systems in areas where the grid is not always real stable or even available. Uh, so that's an area that uh, you can take these electric vehicle batteries. There's still 70 to 80% of the original capacity available. Uh, the key is also then to have the software and the battery management system to be able to help balance these. And you know, some people think, well, you know, there's a second battery, is it gonna be really that safe? Is it gonna last long enough? And the, the short answer is with the proper battery management system, the answer is yes, and there's still a lot of energy left in, in that battery. So other areas where we see the opportunity is emergency storm situations when there's a power outage. Uh, Hurricane Sandy in the United States a couple years back was an example where hospitals and fire departments and police departments were shut down. They didn't have power. So there's um, we're working with several groups to be able to take containers, to be able to move these containers into where there's a, a potential hurricane or a storm outage. And then also even construction sites and there's no power to that area. So you can take these containers uh, with, with lots of uh, energy and power left and with good battery management systems and to really able to, to help uh, reduce the dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, so 
Interesting insight there. But Perry, let me turn to you. There's been a lot of talk and attention around sensors and artificial intelligence and the role that batteries are playing in interacting with those those elements. It's all a very hardware-based discussion, but where does software actually fit into the equation? Well, Vito, as Joe mentioned, there is software involved in battery management, um, but there's also going to be software involved in, in the complex grid management of the distributed energy resources. Uh, when you look at the existing grid today, there's SCADA systems that are software controlling the grid. In the future, you're going to have distributed energy resource software um, and the data that's coming to these centralized distributed energy resource software systems is going to come from, from IoT sensors and, and grid devices at the edge. So software will play a huge part in not just battery management, but the, the whole complexity of renewable energy and batteries on the network. It's interesting, Perry, you mentioned it because in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about partner ecosystems. So I guess it follows then as traditional energy companies start partnering with storage companies, how is this going to affect the idea of supply and demand? Well, it's going to create predictability. Uh, for both the uh, battery supplier um, and the the utility, so they'll be able to sign up for long term contracts with predictability of price, etc. So there won't be a uh, scarcity of supply for that particular utility if they have a partnership with the, the battery manufacturer. Similarly, the battery manufacturer will be able to get funding and investment to build more gigafactories and further lower the price. So it's going to be beneficial to both parties in, in many ways. Um, but I do think it also opens the door for other parties to come in and partner with that ecosystem like financing companies, because I think at some point we're going to see battery companies like Joe's looking at lease options or having clients looking at lease options. So it would create the conditions for a third party to feel that there's a dependable relationship between the utility and the battery supplier to uh, sign up contracts for financing. Joe, I'm interested in your perspective on this as well and, and how you see Lithium Works dealing with this in the future. Okay, so, so we actually see, you know, we think of ourselves first as a cell uh, lithium battery company. We also have moved up the food, the food chain into battery modules. And then we're actually doing a lot of work in the software, the battery management systems. So we're in discussions with a couple acquisition candidates and we think that it's it's, it's really key to have good, safe Lego blocks in the cells and the modules, but you also have to have this software and bring the hardware and the software all together. So uh, we're totally looking at software and moving up that food chain. Thank you for the insights. So let's move along, as we often do, to wrap up the podcast with some maybe some recommendations. And Perry, I'll start with you. I guess the question is, what steps should energy and utility providers take today to capitalize on those market-changing breakthroughs that we've been talking about and that are expected down the road? Well, Vito, I, I think the utility companies need to embrace the energy transition. So embrace renewable energy implementations, increase your percentage of renewable energy, and that includes the introduction and implementation of storage systems to capture that energy and reuse it when the wind's not blowing and the sun's not shining. So I think uh, embracing the trans transformation is uh, my number one recommendation, Vito. All right. And Elif, uh, from your perspective, anything that companies should be acting on quickly here? Yeah, I think we're seeing, when uh, talking to multiple clients in this area, I think we're seeing that uh, everyone is now paying more attention to what the end customer demands. So you need to include this in a holistic CSR uh, approach. So you need to think about, where, okay, where is the energy coming from? How do you use it? 
And in this how do you use it space, their batteries will be a significant player. And how do you recycling the, all your assets and at the end? So batteries will uh, no longer be a commodity in this, uh, this space. It will be a crucial part of, of, uh, of the business. Uh, and uh, I think uh, given all the market indications, I think all these players need to really ensure that they have enough batteries going forward because the, the demand is going to outrun the supply quite fast here. So long-term contracts, I think, is the overall main advice from our side. Great. And, and Joe, uh, as our special guest on this, on this podcast, what, what advice do you have uh, for business leaders going forward? Well, I would say uh, two, two final comments there. Uh, one is, is safety. Uh, safety is a given in this, in this space. Uh, there's lots of new uh, technologies going on in lithium batteries as well as flow batteries. And I would advise the leaders of these organizations that adopt this is to always keep safety first on their, uh, uh, on their the list of requirements. The second part is don't just look at the initial cost of a, a solution. Uh, part sometimes uh, because of a better battery management system, which in, inherently improves the safety, a cost may be uh, a little bit lower, but you can't compromise on the safety. So look at the total cost. And with that, I would just say that uh, one thing with the lithium works technology, we currently are focused on lithium iron phosphate. That's LFP. And if you notice that there's no C in LFP, uh, C is cobalt. Uh, and also then the, uh, uh, a lot of other chemistries use nickel, which is a heavy metal. So um, the, sometimes they may last a little bit longer initially, uh, but you have to look at uh, is what the price of nickel and cobalt will be in the future. Uh, LFP has our, our actual trademark is power, safety and life. So if you think of power, that's a given in this space, safety also. And life is the amount of cycles that that's available there. So uh, I would just advise people to look at the overall total cost of solution, not just the initial. This has been really insightful, everyone. Thank you, Perry, Elif, and Joe. Really appreciate your insights and recommendations uh, on this topic. You've been listening to the Capgemini Wemo podcast. It is available on iTunes and Google Play. And we welcome you to leave us a comment and rating after uh, hearing our episode today. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast for more expert insights in the future. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Talk soon.